You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. If you're watching, you're listening, emailing, tweeting, part of the chat row. By the way, the chat row is submitting their T-shirt suggestions. They want to have their own T-shirt. And uh, maybe next week we will pare it down and decide which T-shirt we want. The Dan, uh, you know, Danettes will decide which T-shirts uh, the chat row will be wearing, sporting. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle with show. We got a winner on Todd's scoreboard, the number 67 and 1, Cheryl Mitchell in Jacksonville, Florida is the big winner today. Uh, The one would be Cam Newton, I think, uh, nine years ago today, drafted number one overall. That is correct. 67 has to do, your hint was taken away. Taken away. Was this a team that left a city? This is an individual Individual. on the state that got something taken away from him. Oh, okay. That would be my favorite history teacher from sixth grade, born in 1960. <laughs> yes, Paul. Muhammad Ali. This might shock and amaze you, but I will retire Joe Frazier. 1967, Muhammad Ali refuses induction into the army, stripped of his boxing title. It was clue taken away in 1967. All right. Well, thank you, Todd. You got it. Paulie does this day in sports history in the final segment of the show. So he has a distinct advantage where he's looking at these numbers. Yes. He does. Yeah. yeah. Now that everybody knows where they can go to see the clues, maybe that'll help them as we move forward. Cheryl wins some t-shirts, some uh, DP show t-shirts. It's really about the acknowledgement of winning, not what you win on the Dan Patrick show. Whole uh, question. Are we, uh, we change it up? We changed it up to, if I told you a year ago, which would have surprised you the most? Which player not making the Hall of Fame? Andrew Luck, 54%, then Antonio Brown, then Cam Newton. Yeah, I would say Andrew Luck because it felt like they finally got it right after those first couple of years where he didn't have a good line at all. You're going to see some names, you know, some not big names, but you're going to see some names that get released from NFL teams. I saw where Cameron Brait, the tight end with the Buccaneers, and maybe he would be on the list. Marlon Mack, the running back with the Colts. Really? Might be, yes. Yeah. Marlon Mack's awesome. I know they drafted a running back. Yeah, they did. They drafted a good running back. Dang. Yeah, they drafted a good one. And the Buccaneers added another tight end in Rob Gronkowski. I would say any other names on that list or that could be on that list, McLovin? Well, Andy Dalton. Oh, of course, uh, Andrew Dalton. By the way, these, the list was also potential trade. So I think they would get something for Brait. Then, they, you know, it's funny. There were a lot of wide receivers. There were teams that had wide receivers that drafted them, like Greg Ward Jr. stepped up for the Eagles last year. Now he might get cut. Because a lot of wide receivers enter the league in the draft. Following the success of the draft, the NFL appears to be shifting its focus to the season now. A report from the Sports Business Journal detailed some of the contingency plans. Now, here are some of the possibilities. The season could be starting in late October. That would push the Super Bowl back in late February. They might eliminate the bye weeks. They wouldn't have a Pro Bowl. And normally, anything the NFL does becomes a big story, whether it's somebody being disciplined, a rule change, something small is what you can wear, not wear. That seems minor in comparison of how the league has handled this season. The NFL is a huge economic driver, obviously, and it, it's 
it has symbolic significance. When you look at the NFL and as it moves forward, it feels like we as a country are moving forward. And maybe not in that order, but you feel like if the NFL is doing it, then it feels like other leagues will follow. Uh, you know, the morale boost that you got with the draft, they're going to have the schedule release. I think that's next week. But even if the NFL's best minds are working night and day to figure this out, there's a lot of it that's out of their control. The NFL is powerful, the most powerful league that we have in sports. But that doesn't mean that the NFL can decide how and when we're able to come back and watch football in person, where you can have workouts with these players, how many players can be in a room, how many can be on the football field. The NBA is finding this out in real time. May 1st, they were going to open up the facilities. They've changed that now to May 8th. And I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it again. You know, you're trying, you're hoping, you're pushing. But at some point, you just go, okay, we'll surrender for this week, and then we'll try for next week. Uh, Jeff Passan, the uh, baseball insider from ESPN, was on in the first hour, and he said, I'm optimistic we're going to have baseball. Well, I'm optimistic that we'll have baseball as well. I don't know if realistically we'll be able to have baseball and how many games would constitute a season. This is what the NBA is going to figure out. How many games are going to constitute the end of the regular season and then the postseason? How many games for a major league baseball season? They were already talking about 100 games. I think you might dip back even 60 games. Then I think you try to bulk up, make the postseason interesting there. And, and look, they're trying everything. They talked about maybe starting the season uh, on, at the All-Star break in Los Angeles, that the postseason was going to be in Los Angeles no matter who is playing in, in the uh, postseason. They're, they're trying a lot of different things, and they need to. It's just when you put a deadline, it feels like it's not a firm deadline. It feels like it's you know very flimsy. Uh, but it does give us hope. If that's what you're, you know, if you're going, boy, I could use some hope. I need to know when NBA is thinking about coming back. I need to know when they're coming back, not here's a possible date that we're coming back. Yeah, Paul. I wonder if like Major League Baseball, you would start with the opposite order, almost like how far can we push back the World Series to buy us more regular season? Can we do a World Series in November 15th or is that too dangerous with the weather? and then buy us a couple more weeks of re possible regular season revenue. Well, you had Scott Boris, the agent to the stars, saying, hey, let's have baseball at the end, you know, after Christmas, which is crazy. You know, unless you're saying, hey, if the Yankees are in the World Series, you've got to play all your games in Los Angeles. You know, you're going to have a so-called neutral site. Well, what if the neutral site is Los Angeles and the Dodgers are there? So the Dodgers host all seven World Series games. You know, at some point, you have to cut your losses and say, let's do it and do it with this amount of time, these games, and these destinations. We can hold out hope that we're going to come back and Yankees will play at Yankee Stadium in front of no fans. Because I think that's what's going to happen. The NBA is going to come back and there's not going to be fans there. The NHL will come back. There won't be fans there. Golf is going to come back. There won't be any galleries there. Tennis will come back. There won't be any fans in the stands. It's just, it's not going to happen. And, it, and it's not from me, just with you know, my educated guests. These are doctors who are assessing this and saying, even the, the Olympics push back to July of next year, that would be in doubt because you can't get all of those people in one city 
and they're going to be in all of these stadiums and arenas. We don't have a vaccine yet. And until you have that, I don't know how confident, comfortable people are going to be going back to games. Yeah, Paul. The one I'm most curious about is college football because, what is there, 32 NFL teams? There's probably 125 college football teams around the country. We think we focus on Alabama, LSU, but all states have small colleges. Division three, Division two, well, you one got AA, 300. 300 college football teams. Yeah. And, and if colleges go back to school and have games and try to have no fans and no tailgating, that's going to be an uphill battle to try to have the games with no fans because the revenue in college football is all about fans on premises. But I don't think you can have both. Right. That's the point is if you said to me, we're going to have football and no fans. Okay. I might not like that because I don't have the environment that we would expect with a college football game, but I'm going to get a college football game. You're not going to be able to go, Hey, that's not right. Or that's not fair. It's, it's not either, or this is what it's going to be. You're going to have games without fans. Just going to. I think the NFL season gets delayed. I think that uh, college football gets delayed. The NBA, if you get back, it's going to be compressed postseason. And baseball, when it comes back, are you going to get to less than 100 games? And I think you are. How far do you stretch it? The Super Bowl is going to be played in late February. But I think that they were pushing towards that anyway to get it on President's Day weekend. So it's just, it's, it's different. You know, Augusta is not going to have the roar of the crowd. At least probably not in November. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I do. Now, Augusta does things on their own agenda. They have their own agenda and, and they, you know, that's, they're able to control that product. But I think you have robotic cameras at Augusta. You're not going to have galleries there. It will be strange to not hear because you'd be amazed that when you, when you take out the noise, how much that takes away from the game itself. We've relied on that so much. The ambiance is so important when you're watching a game. And when you're watching golf, when you hear the roar of the crowd, and there's no other place in America, in the world, when it comes to golf, when you hear the roar of the crowd than Augusta. Because the close proximity of all the holes with those trees and it just keeps everything inside. And it feels like somebody can do something on 16 green, and I can be on the fairway at 2, and it'll feel like I'm right there. It's that loud, and it's, it's that compact. You're going to miss that. You know, tennis at the U.S. Open, you're not going to have the roar of the crowd there. It's just trying to get used to what we're going to consider the new normal. And there's nothing normal about this. Yeah, Paul. I, I think Seton mentioned it maybe two weeks ago. The idea of NBA basketball being played and a player is going to timeouts and talking and they're going to have to try to not listen in. They're, they're going to have to turn the mics off or else we're going to hear all the plays being called. If there's, you know, if there's essential personnel only at an NBA game, it's going to be a ghost town. And you're going to hear everything the players say to each other, which will be both fascinating and troubling for the teams trying to like call plays. Yeah, I wonder what you're going to hear. Now, me, I would be fascinated by it. Because having sat down close to these games, the things you do hear during a game, you know, you're kind of surprised. Whether you're in a huddle, who's talking, the language that's used. Just when you, you know, guys who say something to somebody, it's, it's interesting. The fans with what they say. Not that I'm looking forward to it. But I, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear and see how that feels when we get that opportunity. Mike in Florida. Hey, Mike. 
What's happening, Dan? Hey, you know, with all this talk about the NFL shortening their season, I don't, really what I'm concerned about is my fantasy league, man. We're going into our 19th season. <laughs> usually it's a, usually it's a 13-game season. What is the ramifications going to be? You know, it's already bad enough. It's bad enough that I'm going to miss the next Top Gun that comes out in the movies next month. I've been waiting 35 years for that. You know, I'm probably going to have to wait for it to come out on digital or whatever. You know, hopefully things are going to get better soon so my life is okay. Yep, and that's what we're all concerned about, Mike. Thank you. My goal is to have Mike have his life go back to normal. We'll keep an eye on that with your fantasy. 35 years for the new Top Gun. Yep, that'll give you an idea of Mike's life. Yes, McLovin. (laughs) I have an NBA question for you. If they did a tournament, like a three-week tournament, would they crown a champion? That wouldn't be the season champion. And would that be satisfying to NBA fans to have that? This year, if they... Yeah, say in July, they did a three-week tournament or a four-week tournament. Well, how many games, Uh, how many teams make it, and how many games are they going to have each series? Because that goes back to what I was told. They might have a best of three to start out opening round, then best of five, then best of seven. It'll have an asterisk by it. And it would probably mean that LeBron would win... (laughs) And therefore, they'd go, yeah, he's got three and a half titles. That He doesn't get a fourth one. He's not up there with Michael. The worst thing in the world that could happen yes. to LeBron James this yes. year is for him to win a title. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that was, the, uh, that was the corona season. Yeah, that doesn't count. You don't get credit for that. Michael never had a half a playoff. <laughs> uh, the year of the Jordan documentary... And then you would have LeBron trying to answer with an NBA title. And then he would win the title, but it would have an asterisk by him. Good stuff. I am fascinated to see what happens. You're going to have the Kobe element of the Jordan and Bulls documentary coming up. Because that's going to be the next wave of players. You're also going to have the emergence of Air Jordan as a global brand. I would imagine Spike Lee, who played Mars Blackman in those Nike commercials so brilliantly. I'm going to guess the next couple of episodes may be focusing in on the heir appearance to Michael Jordan and the different players that we had with Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady. You go down the list, Vince Carter, and then you got to Kobe. Kobe's as close as we've ever gotten to Michael Jordan. You know, LeBron isn't. You know, LeBron's different. But Kobe is as close as we'll ever get and probably didn't get enough credit for being that close to being the next Michael Jordan. He won the titles. Granted, he probably could have won a few more if, you know, he had played nice with Shaq. But, you know, that's a 30 for 32. You start to listen and you start to reminisce about, you know, these teams and you go, boy, that'd be a great 30 for 30. You know, the Celtics in the 80s with Larry Bird. But you have to have that footage, too. That's, that's what makes it different. It has to look like something you've never seen before because with the Jordan documentary, you haven't seen a lot of this footage. And you might say, well, boy, not much to that. There's so much of Jordan. Everything that Jordan did is available. You know, one of the benefits Jordan had was everything that he did, you can go and watch the, the videos. Some of his predecessors, you weren't able to do that. LeBron, everything has been documented, everything. And then you bring in social media. If social media was around, Michael would have taken a few slings and arrows there. There would have been, you know, the the picture phones. There would have been a lot of salacious stuff there. You know, Mike was able to still keep it quiet there. 
Not much got out. You know, and even now, guys are afraid to talk about Michael Jordan. Make no mistake about it. Right? Like, Reggie doesn't like Michael, but he respects Michael. And said, if I saw him and I went into a restaurant and saw him, I might want to punch him. Now, maybe that's hyperbole, but you could tell that Reggie is still bothered by this because that's what that's how you felt back then. You know, they, you, you had these rivalries. They were true rivalries, not, hey, we're going to act like we don't like each other. You had people who did not like one another. They didn't vacation together. No, they did not. <laughs> the, the amazing part so far of the Jordan documentary, the Bulls documentary, is Michael played golf with Danny Ainge in Boston the day before he lit up the Celtics for 63. Like, I'm shocked. Even now, after the fact, I'm shocked that Jordan would play golf with Danny Ainge, who he was going to compete against the next day. But Mike always had a game going, had to do something. He was, he was restless. But it figures you could have played golf with somebody else in the Boston area, not the guy you're going to compete against the next day and put up 63. Because Mike, I don't know what his relationship was with Danny Ainge, but the fact that he would, like Danny Ainge was a tough competitor too. But he wasn't guarding Jordan that day. It was Dennis Johnson. Poor DJ. DJ, Hall of Famer, and rest his soul. You know, I think Ainge took some money off Jordan, and Jordan basically said, hey, uh, you tell DJ I got something for him. And he did. Yeah, Paul. Even golf, playing golf between playoff games, uh, golf's not the most strenuous sport of all time, but there is some walking, some physicality, and some, you know, effort to when it goes into it. Can you imagine if a, a big time NBA player right now was seen between back almost back to back games playing golf on the, the one off day? He would play thirty six holes. Jordan didn't just play eighteen. He played thirty six. Indefatigable. How about that one? Uh Nick and Maine, then we'll take a break here and uh, make way for CJ McCollum of the Blazers. Hey Nick Hey Dan uh long time listener, huge fan. Um and with this whole Michael Jordan last dance thing going on, I'm wondering when are we going to hear about Dan Patrick's last dance, and uh, when's he going to write his book? Oh and, no, uh, no, there's no, dance. there's no book. No, there's no last dance. There's none of that. No. Some things you just take with you. You don't have to say things. Write a book. No, we're good. There was no film crew following uh, Keith Oberman and myself for the big show. And the, the final days of the big show. That, Can you imagine how unentertaining that would have been? Like, after work, you go home and have two beers and go yeah. sleep. Keith probably reads stratomatic baseball stuff. But if you, if you were there at the mothership, during the evening is where it got interesting. Usually in the afternoon. Because I'd come in, and I would see Keith, and I could tell what the night was going to be like. DP. And I'd go, uh-oh. Just his mood. When I came in, I could tell. And then... You know, you'd say, sent this uh, missive to uh, management. I go, missive? Yeah, he'd send a missive. And I went, oh boy, somebody, what, 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 what's happening? Like, can you believe? And then he would tell me, you know, how he was upset about something. And then I'd always say, really? Do I mean, I don't know. Is it that important? And then there were other things where it might have been the lights in the parking lot. Uh, can you believe that Linda Cohn has to walk out there to her car and the, the lights are on, not on, and the you know, and I go. But I will say that 
probably 90% of the time, at least 80% of the time, I agreed with what he was saying. He actually championed people far more than those people ever understood. He was was a really good team player, provided you were on his team. Because if you weren't, (laughs) he was not, he was, he was like Jordan. He was not a, he was, he could be tough on you. All right, 21 after the hour, we'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up. You know who uh, I, I spoke to yesterday? I'll take a break here. I'll I'll tease Ah. this. No, I'm going to take a break because you wouldn't think that this person would be on our show tomorrow. But uh, I booked them. So, Todd, don't be putting that down that, you know, when you say to management. (laughs) Here's the hint. Eat it, Todd. Oh. Oh. That's the hint. We'll take a break here. Weird Al? Weird Al? Eat it. Eat it. You did eat it. No, I don't remember that. (laughs) <laughs> no, I tried not to. Uh, I just remember. 22 after the hour. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. You check things all the time. You check your email. You check your Instagram. Fritzy checks himself in the mirror. How about you check something important like your credit? Discover makes it quick and easy. Best of all, it's free. Your FICO credit score. That's the score used by 90% of top lenders. Discover's offering that for free, even if you're not a customer. Checking your score won't hurt your credit. Check each month for changes. The Discover Credit Scorecard, it's free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Tomorrow on the program, at this time, Guy Fieri from Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Join us. He's raising some money for uh, restaurant workers, and I'm sure he'll want to talk about the Oakland, now Vegas Raiders as well. So that'll be tomorrow on the program. Joining us now is the pride of Lehigh, the pride of Canton, Ohio, and the Portland Trail Blazers guard, C.J. McCollum, his podcast, The Pull-Up Podcast, alongside Jordan Schultz. It's uh, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can get your podcasts. Good morning, C.J. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm good. What did you think of your Cleveland Browns draft? I liked it. I liked it. I think I'll give it a B. B minus right now until the players actually step on the field. But I like the protection for Baker. I love the safety at LSU. Uh, we also grabbed a, a tight end, I believe. So I'm looking forward to just seeing how everybody pans out and hopefully we can sneak a wild card appearance this year. When the Browns lose, how does that affect you? My mood changes. My mood definitely changes. Um, it's, it's similar to how you feel when it rains outside. Uh, you become a little <laughs> bit down on yourself. You're a little grouchy. and uh, It's just hard to go on until the next win. Yeah, but it always rains in Portland, so you're always grouchy. <laughs> we get sunny days here and there, especially <laughs> now. This time of the year, we get to 80 and sunny, 75 and sunny like San Diego. How's the court at home? How much uh, hooping are you doing? I haven't shot a basketball um, in over a month. So what? I'm not doing any hooping. I don't have a court. Uh, I got a nice, nice home here. Beautiful landscaping, and I'm, you know, in, in distance to drive to the practice facility. And I felt like my 24-hour access would always be available. And now it's been taken away, and I've been forced to do homework without a basketball. Wait, I'm, 
I'm shooting more hoops than you are right now? Absolutely. If you've shot in the last month, you definitely probably have a better jump shot than me right now. Uh, I shot 30, 30 minutes ago, CJ. I'm, I'm pumping out jumpers. I mean, I can send you a video just so you can see what the form looks like. They call me, you know, the older Clay Thompson. I'd love to see the form. <laughs> I'm sure you, you probably have a beautiful set shot. A set shot? <laughs> wow. Do you have a neighbor close by who has a basketball hoop? There's a few basketball courts uh, around me, but I just don't feel right. You know, <laughs> neighbor's court. You know, especially since we're practicing social distancing. I, I think to- you just let the neighbors know I'm going to come over and I'm going to work out for an hour. If everybody could stay in the house, then that that way you practice safe distancing there. I actually just got the uh, garage code to, to one of my teammates uh, that used to live out here. <laughs> so I'm going to start going to, to work out of his house since he's in Miami. What kind of playing shape are you in? I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> How much time are you going to – I'm worried about you, CJ. I'm worried about the jumper. You know, do you have a gut? No, <laughs> no, no, okay. no. I'm close to my playing weight. Close to my uh, playing body fat. I'm still working out. Like I lift every day. I have cardio. I'm uh, occasionally uh, hopping fences and, and checking out the turf uh, at certain places. But you know, I haven't I haven't gotten caught like Tom Brady just yet. So I've been enjoying the uh, the freedom, the freedom out here in Oregon to to run around and. I'll get some fresh air. He's C.J. McCollum, the Blazers guard. His podcast, the Pull Up Podcast, uh, alongside Jordan Schultz, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you can get your podcast. What have you been thinking? Uh, what's your reaction to the Jordan documentary on the, the Bulls documentary? I've loved it. I've, I really enjoyed the stories that they share. A lot of the small details that you you know maybe aren't familiar with or don't remember are being brought to the forefront. I think. It was great to really just focus on Dennis Rodman for a little bit because he's such an intriguing figure and a, and a guy who was polarizing in the game of basketball and eventually became a Hall of Famer. So I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see the rest of it. Uh, I wish it was longer than, than 10 episodes. I wish I could watch all of it you know, in one day. But, you know, it made fun Sundays that much more fun. Can you compare LeBron to Michael Jordan? You can, but you can't because the, their approaches are different. There's obviously, you know, one six eight, two fifty, two sixty. The errors are different. Jordan, Jordan is more. I guess it's funny people say it all the time. Jordan's mentality was more like Kobe. LeBron's mentality was more like Magic, point forward, flashing. You know, makes the game more fun for everybody. Kobe and Jordan were more assassins in terms of scoring and that, and that approach. But you can compare their greatness. I think that's something you can compare the impact they've had on the game. How they're both global figures and. One thing's for certain, we've all kind of patterned our games after Jordan, especially early on with the wrist band, the tongue out, the fingerways. <laughs> uh, I, I think they're both elite in their own right and, and both will be uh, considered, you know, on many people's Mount Rushmore's. How about we pick teams and you get the first pick. You can have Jordan or you can have LeBron. Who do you want as your teammate? Uh, what year are we in? You know, is this is this ninety one? Is this prime? Is this twenty eight to thirty two year old? Both, like, what, what are we doing here? Both players are thirty. Both players are thirty. Yeah. I mean, I, keep, I think I would flip a coin, and hopefully the coin lands on heads and heads is Mike. 
So you're taking Mike. Okay. I mean, Mike's probably... I'm taking Mike right now because uh, LeBron's still, still not finished. LeBron's still got a lot, of, a lot of left in the tank. He can still get more championships, more MVPs. He can solidify his legacy as the all-time leading scorer and all-time leading assist or second to stock. He'll probably be second to stock in assist. Can you imagine... Is there anybody like Dennis Rodman in the league now? No, I, I don't think so. With the mentality, the ability to go get 30 rebounds, I mean, he's... He's the only selfless guy I know right now that, you know, would, would go play a whole game and not care if they ran a play for him. I think Draymond's another guy who wouldn't care if, if they ran a play for him. But there aren't a lot of guys out there that would be selfless, would rebound, guard one through five, and, you know, make the headlines that night, you know, for having orange or pink hair and <laughs> being at the club with, with Carmen Electra or, or someone. Or Madonna. Or Madonna. <laughs> yeah. He's the only guy that I know that would have the best to ask for a vacation in the middle of the season and be granted one. But I and having been there during those championship runs, and you'd see Rodman come down the hall and he might have makeup on, he might have a dress on, like and you got to the point where you just said, Oh, Dennis is here. It it, it would become so normal to see Dennis, but he was so abnormal when you consider the way the league was and he didn't care what you thought of him. Because he was going to go out and get you whatever you wanted, and he was going to play defense. He, he'd get to the free throw line, CJ, and he didn't even want to be at the free throw line. He didn't care if he made his free throws. He wanted nothing to do with scoring, which is, it's amazing. You're right. There's nobody like that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the impact he was able to have on the game. Um, like you said before, coming in in dresses, the makeup. He was an iconic <laughs> figure. I remember the the wedding he did in in New York where he wore the dress. Yeah, he had essentially a parade. He's <laughs> unlike anything we've ever seen, unlike anything we will ever see. And I think that just kind of shows you, you know, the impact he had for the Bulls to take a chance on a guy like Dennis Rodman after he was basically you know thrown out, thrown out in the trash. To take that chance and to win three championships, Phil Jackson, the, the Bulls, they deserve a lot of credit because not a lot of teams and coaches would have been willing to take on a player like Dennis at that point. Who's the guest you want on your podcast you haven't spoken to? Uh, we'll a spot here. That's a good one. I would say while we're in the we're in the conversation and having it, I would go Michael Jordan. No, you can't get uh, Michael. You can't you, you can't get a basketball player. <laughs> Uh, I can't have a basketball player. Nope. Any 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 profession, any field. Yeah. I go Michelle Obama. Okay. Well, if I said you could uh, interview Michelle Obama or Michael Jordan. Oh man, that's tough. I'd probably go Michelle because we haven't heard a lot of behind the scenes stories besides her book. And, and some of the stuff she's come out and said, I know a lot about Michael. I know Michael. So I'd probably want to rather have a conversation uh, with Michelle just to learn more about what it was like to be a first lady, obviously, the first African-American president. There's so many behind-the-scenes stories that we probably you know, weren't exposed to. If I said you could shoot hoops with Jordan now or President Obama? President Obama. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be cool to shoot with Mike, too. Yeah, but it's just shooting with Mike. That's not a big deal. You want to be playing exactly. against Mike. President Obama, you would like to shoot hoops with him because you're not allowed to play tough defense on him. Right, you can't You can't pressure him. No, no. Much like today's NBA, you're not allowed to put your hands on anybody. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> the, the, the hand, there's no hand checking, essentially. How do you think you would have done against the bad boys? But let's say you were going against Detroit. I think I would have fared all right because of the way I play. I think my game translates to a lot different. Areas. I think certain players' skill sets, like Steph Curry, I mean, those are those are guys who you know they have elite skill, elite ball handling, elite quickness, uh, shot shot credibility, being able to shoot from far out. I think I would have fared just fine because of my size and ability to just create. Obviously, it's different. It would have been different, but uh, I think I would have been all right. Just don't go to the hoop, though, CJ. I play. I shoot jumpers the whole game. <laughs> either, so I would have been perfect. I would have been perfect if that's the uh, Good luck in trying to get your game, your jumper, to look like mine. Uh, you got a little bit of time before you have to get back, but uh, uh, the Pull Up Podcast available on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you can get your podcast. Great to check in with you, CJ. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's uh, CJ McCall. He went to Lehigh. They, of course were put on the basketball map that year when they beat Duke in the NCAA tournament. Then I think the next round they lost to Xavier. But uh, CJ's from Canton, Ohio. Yeah, Paul. You don't have a neighbor with a, a driveway with a hoop in it? All I know is Steph Curry, his wife just ordered a basketball hoop for him because I think he moved into a new house and the crib didn't have a basketball hoop. Can you imagine hoop you're there. on with customer service at the basketball hoop place and say, yeah, I'm uh, Mrs. Curry, uh, Ms. Steph and Mrs. Curry, we're ordering a, a basketball hoop. You think you're being punked. I don't know what kind of hoop you can get on Amazon, though. I mean, I don't want one of the portable ones, you know, where you have the base has got like water in it or something, and then it it's kind of flimsy. Fritzy, do you got a, a hoop at home? There's no way he's listening to me. I just was clicking uh, from yeah. unmute to uh, no, yes, no, I do. It don't, it don't. I do have a hoop at home. Uh, McLevin, you live in Brooklyn. How close are you to a hoop? Uh, about three blocks, but they're all shut down. They have fences around them. Well, they took down the, the actual rims in a yeah. lot of these courts in New York City. Seton, you got a basketball hoop? We have one that we kind of, it's, it's really our neighbors, but we split a driveway. Yeah. So it's, it's technically in my driveway, even though it's theirs. And we have a, a park about two blocks away that has um, four hoops there, but all of those hoops have been taken down. Now, C.J. McCollum, you know, not having a hoop there. He hadn't shot in a month. I mean, I know it's like riding a bicycle there, but he's got to get ready here maybe in a couple of weeks be able to start getting ready to play basketball. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, tell you what we learned, what's in store tomorrow, final results of the poll question this day in sports history, and your phone calls right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Guy Fieri from uh, Triple D. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Donuts on the program tomorrow. Flavortown. Yep. Headed to Flavortown. Oh, it's Sophie in California set to join us. Hey, Soph, how are you this morning? Dan, it's been a long time. I'm very well. How about you? Um, how are my favorite geezers doing? Sounds like you guys are surviving. Everything is great. We're surviving-ish here. Yeah, Polly. Sophie, Sophie, yeah. I got to tell you, Sophie, as a Liverpool fan, they, <laughs> we found a way not to get the Premier League title. <laughs> so, Paulie, I've been thinking about you a lot, and it's been brewing because, as you've seen, the Dutch League, 
the Belgian League and today the French League have all been cancelled. And the pressure is now growing on the Premier League in terms of what are they going to do. They have until May 25th to decide on their next move. We've seen West Ham, we've seen Arsenal and Tottenham go back to training. But players moving in, um, in groups at different times, training on individual pitches. Um, I think the thing with the Premier League and the biggest thing at stake here is the TV deal. It's worth $2 billion. And as we know, the sponsorship money and, and, um, and that, that part of it is really what is navigating um, how they're going to move next. But as the country is still trying to find its feet and Boris Johnson is trying to figure out the next moves, there are a lot of fans who think that the Premier League should follow suit with the other European leagues. So... It's mm. a huge dilemma right now from a moral point of view um, in terms of humanity, but also a moral point of view, Dan and Paulie, in terms of how does this play out? Liverpool still have six points they need to win the title. Um, so if you void the season and hand it to them, there's, there's going to be that MLB type of asterisk next to it. I was watching the uh, Sunderland Till I Die documentary. That was oh, really well done. I don't, good. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but... It was, you know, just the fact that they were once a powerhouse in the Premier League and then they get relegated and then they get relegated again. And you're just watching how, you know, these relationships and the pressure and uh, it, it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. You know, Dan, Sunderland is still a big club, even though they've dropped a couple of leagues. Um, if there's an American sports owner out there that wants to buy a club, Sunderland is as big as Newcastle. Newcastle right now is looking at a takeover, which is also very controversial because the takeover is rumored to be the Saudi prince. Um, but Sunderland have suffered. They've invested millions and millions of dollars in this club, but they still have that fan base. Um, yeah. And I would say, arguably, Sunderland and Newcastle, and, and some fans may not understand this, but in terms of fan base, they're bigger than Manchester City. Manchester City have had a lot of glory because of the investment that has been made in them. But as a club, they have a smaller supporter group. Um, Sunderland Till I Die is one of those perfect examples of you don't need it to be a Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea or Arsenal story for it to be engaging. It's probably one of the most successful um, sports football documentaries um, that we've seen. And it has a great story. So yeah, it was very really, enjoyable. Really, yeah. yeah, really interesting, Dan. And the last dance as well is evoking a lot of soccer fans craving for that 80s and 90s competitiveness. You know, that hatred that a lot of people don't like that word, but... That, that pure kind of rivalry, you just can't beat it. Arsenal and Man United had it in the 90s when the Premier League was set off. Liverpool had it in the 80s when everyone hated them and wanted to beat them. And so it's actually evoked a lot of emotions in soccer fans as well, and I just wanted to share that with you too. Great to hear from you, Sophie. Hope you're well, and thank you again. Take care, mate. Take care, All everyone. Right. That's, uh, Sophie usually gives us a uh, soccer update. Did you see the hat I had over here, Paul? Yeah, you're pretty cool. Where'd you get that? What? You're not the only one who follows Liverpool. Did you? When did you become a Liverpool fan? This week? Last week? <laughs> it was. See, help me out. I think it was. They've had tough times my entire. I, I know that, <laughs> and I've struggled through those times with you. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I got uh, LFC. Uh huh. I got. They'll, they'll uh, never walk alone, right? Haver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've I've had this for God. I don't know how many days i know it's tough to choose because you love them all but yeah. who's your favorite player of all time in liverpool or do you just love them all i love them all. yeah <laughs> you love them all equally oh i love them 
you know, because I used to be a Leeds fan. You remember sure, that? Sure, I remember yeah, that week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, Leeds. I was big on that. Leicester City. Oh, yeah. When I pronounced it Leicester City. Yeah. Oh, but I did have one of the greatest upsets of all time. I just didn't have the name correct. You told Rebecca Lowe to start the Premier League season where Leicester City won the title. I think I'm going to jump on a Leicester City bandwagon yes. just because you thought the name was fun. And I said, that's the team I'm following this year is Leicester City. And she goes, Dan, it's Leicester City. It, it still bothers her, though, that you <laughs> called it. I know. I know. Accidentally. All right. Yeah. Okay. This day in sports history, what do we have? This is a weird one, Dan. This day, didn't three we already years, do that today? Yeah, ten times. Uh, oh. 2015, the Baltimore Orioles beat the White Sox eight <laughs> two at Camden Yards. The game was played without a crowd present due to ongoing riots and protests in Baltimore. 2015, the first time and last time the Major League Baseball has ever played in front of an empty house. Three years ago today, mm. that was an afternoon game, I believe. It was. All right, we oh, did the for other. You. It was a two o'clock game. Yeah, they. Uh... And don't sleep on this one, Dan. Craig McTavish announced his retirement in '97. In the NHL after 17 years. I, I, that's all I had left because Fritzy took yeah, it Yeah, Fritzy now taking it over with his scoreboard contest. I apologize there. for that. Yeah, you should. Uh, final results of the poll question, McLevin. By the way, Tom Brady is not in trouble for going over to his offensive coordinator's house. Byron Leftwich, who Tom went into the wrong house in Tampa, and I guess some of the front office people in the NFL were like, hey, you can't be there with your coaches. You're not allowed to do that. And so Tom, I guess, is not in trouble. What about breaking and entering? Anything on that? I, I don't, I don't, if you open the door and walk in, is that breaking and entering? If you walk into an unlocked door of a house that you weren't invited to. Is that breaking? You're entering. entering. The people didn't seem mad. But I don't know if you're breaking. You're entering, but you're not breaking. Maybe trespassing there. Yes, McLovin. Poll result, who would you be most surprised about not making the Hall of Fame? Andrew Luck runs away with it. Yeah. Fritzy, uh, start with you. What did you learn on today's program? Isaiah and the Pistons should not apologize for their behavior toward the Bulls and not shaking hands. They're the bad boys for crying out loud. Yes, own it. Good God. Carry it with you. Keep it there. That's what made you great. You didn't care about anybody, and now you care? McLovin. You're often referred to as an older Clay Thompson. That's, yeah. I refer to myself as an older Clay Thompson. <laughs> Nobody else does. A seat, no counter. Basketball players don't have hoops at their house. Yeah, go figure. Paulie, what'd you learn? CJ McCollum hasn't played basketball in a month. Yeah. Uh, what did I learn, Todd? Name dropper Bob Sack that pals with Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams, Rodney Dangerfield, and Sam Kinston. Wow. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. They make it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Thanks for letting us be part of your lives. We'll do it again tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. Oh, but wait, one more item as we close out this show, and it's LegalZoom. Health and safety is at the top of everybody's list right now. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are protected. That's why LegalZoom continues to provide a reliable way for everybody to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. We've been partners with LegalZoom for over a decade now. You have questions, they 